Welcome to the City Collective Church Podcast. We believe we are better together and exist to create space for everyone to discover life in Jesus. We hope that in today's message, you encounter the heart of God and are challenged and inspired in your relationship with Christ. But uh, as part of our service today, so what we're going to be doing this morning, I wanted to give you a, a quick little heads up. Uh, we're going through Proverbs 8. We're in this, this series this summer called The Good Life. And last week, we kind of laid the foundation that wisdom is more than just uh, making the right decision. It's understanding that in the midst of prosperity, prosperity and adversity, we can have wisdom come forth in our response to it. That it's not prosperity that makes us wise, it's not adversity that makes us wise, but it's the grace of God operating within us out of those moments that we are bound to experience over the course of our lives. Uh, So Proverbs 8 this morning is where we're going to spend some time. And what we're going to be doing is, uh, I'm going to be giving us some questions to do as a, as a group, and we'll be talking about it in the midst of the service, and so there'll be more time to, to move around to smaller space. It's going to give us an opportunity to have some of those conversations, which are going to be great. And for some of us, we're like, that's not how I do church. That's not how I haven't done that before. Great. It's, uh, we're going to break the mold this morning a little bit and get you out of your comfort zone uh, discussing what we're talking about in the sermon. So we're going to open up by reading from Proverbs chapter 8. Uh, We're going to start in verse 22, and uh, then we're going to jump in together. So it starts off by saying, The Lord brought me forth as the first of his works. This is Lady Wisdom talking. Before his deeds of old, I was formed long ages ago, at the very beginning when the world came to be. When there were no watery depths, I was given birth. When there was no springs overflowing with water. Before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the world or its fields or any of the dust of the earth, I was there when he set the heavens in place, when he marked out the horizon on the face of the deep, when he established the clouds above and fixed securely the fountains of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundaries so the waters would not overstep his commands, and when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was constantly at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence, rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. Now then, my children, you and I, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not disregard it. Blessed are those who listen to me watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For those who find me, find life and receive favor from the Lord. But those who fail to find me harm themselves. All who hate me love death. So uh, Proverbs 8 in particular is coming through this voice of of Lady Wisdom. The book of Proverbs is all about gaining wisdom. And most of the book is a collection of wise sayings. And that's what you're going to see essentially from chapter 10 onwards. But it begins with nine chapters of speeches. And these speeches are provided to us from a cast of symbolic characters. A fatherly king, Lady Wisdom, a wicked man, and a wily woman called Lady Folly. Lady Wisdom is God's wisdom personified. And she's this fascinating character in the Bible. In Proverbs chapter 8, 
we find this long speech from Lady Wisdom where she stands at this crossroads. So we, we've read this portion of Scripture that, where she's indicating she was there from the very beginning. The wisdom was part of creation itself. And at the very beginning, the very first verse of Proverbs chapter 8, what she says is that she's at a crossroads inviting you and I into God's sacred city, inviting us into the presence of God. And then at the end of the chapter, she says that when we are in the presence of God, we can rejoice and we find joy. In in verse 1, she says, Doesn't wisdom cry out and understanding raise her voice? At the road's high point, at the crossroads, she stands. Besides the gates, going to the city, at the entrance, she shouts. So living by God's wisdom can lead us into God's sacred city. And, And in the sacred city of God, we find all the most valuable things of life. Healthy relationships, moral integrity, and a stable, fruitful life. All these things that money can't buy. In verse 18, Lady Wisdom says, Wealth and honor are with me, enduring abundance and justice. My fruit is better than pure gold, and what I offer surpasses silver. And now, as as we encounter so often in the Bible, we, we have the question, how does this really relate with us? Well, Lady Wisdom is still busy at work today. God's wisdom is meant for his creation to discover, not simply for personal gain, but for the goodness of all of creation and to push back the chaos. When it talks about wisdom being present at the very beginning, we need to understand the imagery of creation. Where the chaos existed, God provided wisdom that created boundaries, that cut through the chaos to create order, to create rightness, to create goodness. This is what wisdom was doing at the very beginning of creation, and it's what wisdom is intended to, 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 intended to do in our lives here today. So when you think about wisdom, I think that there's a lot of connotations that come with it. Uh, rules and regulations, uh, restrictions on how we do things, uh, a very clear path on how we're supposed to move forward. And I think at face value, we feel good about that. Sure, I want to know the best way to get from point A to point B. I want to find success in life. I want to find joy in life. I want to have healthy relationships. We want these good things, but there is this this feeling that can often rise up within us that does oppose it. It's, It's that teenage angst that we all kind of encounter at some point. This feeling of, well... If it's a restriction, is it really going to make me enjoy it to the fullest? It, it, that, that rule, that, that restriction, that regulation, I'm not sure about that boundary because I think I have an idea on what's going to actually make me the happiest. What's going to make my life the fullest? It's only when we live by God's wisdom that we join in this project creating order in the world, of creating space and communities where all of God's creation can flourish. If God's wisdom brings order and expands all that's good, why do we reject it? And today I want to look at two ideas in particular, and you you heard in, in the passage of Scripture the idea of wisdom and the idea of joy. Because when we hear about wisdom being good for us, like I said, it can it can 
make us feel like we're going in the right direction. I can get on board with that. But like it said, it can look like rules and regulations. And we live in, in a world, I would say, that holds this, this precedent that believes that religious restriction will somehow stymie my personal experience. It's going to dampen my individuality. It's going to lessen my experience of the moment. And whether you've used this language or not, I think we can all feel at some points like Lady Wisdom is a killjoy. Doesn't seem to want, doesn't want to make life as fun as it would seem like we want it to be. So this is the first question I want you to engage with. Uh, can you turn in your chairs, a couple people around you, don't feel like you have to hold true to the rows, uh, mix up in the room, let, just find three or four people around you, and I want you to ask the question, is wisdom a killjoy? If not, why? Okay, can we do that for a couple minutes here? Is wisdom a killjoy? If not, why? So turn around in the room and let's discuss. really good. Yeah, I think sometimes it's just even defining for ourselves what, what wisdom and joy actually are, right? And if, if joy is a singular moment, then I guess it's easy to just kind of grab onto, but it's, it's so much more than that. Uh, the Bible Project, uh, maybe you've come across it, it's this initiative by Tim Mackey and his team, and they talk about this idea of wisdom actually, be, actually being misunderstood since the beginning of time. And so he, tells, he talks about this idea of uh, God giving Adam and Eve wise instruction. Not to eat from the tree of good and, and evil because he knew that it wasn't good for them. That he knew that it was actually going to lead to death. In, in, in Eden, they were in this perpetual state of, of relationship with, with the living God and, and life was all that they knew. But the restriction that was placed by God was to protect them from, from death itself. And if Adam and Eve had trusted God's knowledge of good, of, Eve, of good and evil, it probably would have kept them safe to enjoy all the good things that he'd made for them. But when Eve was deceived into doubting God's motive, her perspective about his instruction changed. So this is a big piece of wisdom. If we believe that God's wisdom is coming from a bad motivation, it's really difficult to follow his instruction. Consider, consider a parent or a teacher. If you don't believe that their motive towards you is good and for your ultimate benefit, it is extremely difficult to follow their instruction. Eve came to a point in her thought that God didn't want the very best for her. That God was keeping something from her that was, in, that was going to make her life better. She questions God's motive, and therefore her perspective around his instruction changed. In Genesis 3.6, it says that saw, she saw that it was good for food, a delight to the eyes, and the tree was desirable to make one wise. And so Eve, she took the fruit and she gave it to Adam, and as a result, fear, isolation, and death, they began reversing wisdom's order 
and dragging creation back into chaos. Because this is what wisdom always does. Wisdom always creates order in the midst of chaos. So when you feel like a decision is not moving towards a place of order, but actually does the things of death and fear and isolation, I think we need to question or whether or not we're operating out of a place of wisdom. I think we learn from the story of Adam and Eve that Lady Wisdom isn't a killjoy. She's actually meant to be the opposite. She wants to save our joy from a deathly blow. Lady Wisdom is on our side. And like it says in the the scripture, she's been on our side since the very beginning. Remember, Lady Wisdom is the personified wisdom of God. And she knows how to bring life. And she calls us to join her as she continues to multiply the goodness of God. And this is what she says, actually, at the very conclusion of her speech in Proverbs chapter 8. She says, the one who finds me finds life and receives favor from Yahweh. But the one who forfeits me hurts themselves. Those who hate me love death. So Lady Wisdom says her fruit is better than pure gold, that those who listen and watch diligently for her are blessed, and everyone who finds her finds life, and all who who hate her love death. But sometimes our our desires and our cravings would tell us otherwise. So the the challenge that we come up with, this this is like head knowledge, right? I can know that wisdom is good, but how can we within our hearts actually trust that wisdom leads to life, and wisdom leads to goodness. Okay, that's the next question for you to dive into. How do we learn to trust wisdom? We'll toss it up on the screen, okay? Go ahead and back into your groups and, and discuss, please. I think trusting, trusting the wisdom of God starts with trusting the nature of God. So it's kind of what you guys were talking about. That we, we believe that the things of Scripture, uh, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was faithful to me once, he'll be faithful to me again. So even when I fall short, I can come back to him and find the stability and security that I need. Uh, we, we know that he is good and that he is loving. His intentions towards us are full of life at all times. But what is the clearest picture of the nature of God that we see in the Bible? It's Jesus. There is no clearer picture of who God is than Jesus. And if Lady Wisdom is the personified wisdom of God, of God's infinite understanding, and if Jesus is the clearest picture of who God is, then Jesus is actually the embodiment of wisdom. And this is, this is, this is not a dramatic uh, moment. This is Paul points us to this in First Corinthians chapter one verse thirty. Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. Colossians two verses two to three says, "All wisdom and understanding are hidden in Christ." In John fourteen six and John ten ten, it says, "Just like Lady Wisdom says, those who find Jesus find life." Lady Wisdom leads to life. Jesus leads to life. Lady Wisdom is this personified wisdom of God that was there at the beginning because Christ was there at the very beginning. So if we're going to trust the wisdom of God, we need to trust the nature of God. And what is the nature of God? The nature of God is Christ. And who do we see in Christ? It's the servant-hearted, co-suffering Savior who sees us 
who takes us and who gives of himself. The narrative of scripture, you see at the very beginning in Eden that Eve, out of the wisdom of man, sees, she takes, and she gives, but she does it out of selfish intent. I want all the wisdom. But the response of Christ in the narrative of, of Scripture is Christ sees you and I, takes the sin of humanity upon himself, and gives of himself freely so that you and I would experience the fullness of life. There's been a shift. Jesus is the embodiment of wisdom. And as we leave our old ways behind, and if you're asking, what do I do? Like, where do I look? Do I just follow a bunch of rules? No. My, my invitation to you this morning, if you are searching for wisdom, go f- and search for Jesus. Because in Jesus, you will find the embodiment of wisdom. And in Jesus, you will find the manner in which we're invited to live in this world. Full of grace and truth with our hearts postured towards others and not ourselves. And every time where we feel like we stop looking like Christ, we stop operating in wisdom. They are one and the same. It can be so confusing sometimes to be like, does this fall in the wisdom category? Is this wise? Culture changes, time changes, technology changes. What falls into what? Put it through the filter of Christ and you will find wisdom. Because just like Lady Wisdom leads to life, well, the truth is, is that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. And that is wisdom. So Proverbs chapter 8. We'll post all three. Uh, There's a third question I want you to reflect on this week, uh, asking about how does wisdom impact your relationship with Christ. I would invite you, take time this week. I I hope some of these conversations spark something within you, that uh, maybe a thought, maybe an idea that you want to wrestle with more. Let it not just sit here. Let's take it forward into our week ahead. Let's stand to our feet. Uh, I'm going to invite worship team. We'll close and just, maybe we'll just do the the doxology one more time and close our time together this morning. So worship team, come to the front, please. So Heavenly Father, we, we offer this space to you for every conversation that was had, for every, every idea that was presented. Thank you for the wisdom that was already present in this room by the power of your spirit. Uh, for the ways in which you showed stability and grace to us in the midst of the chaos of our minds, we're grateful for that. I pray that there is a revelation that's not just leading to understanding, but just, that leads us to a relationship with you, an intimate one that helps us discover the joy that comes with wisdom. Just like life comes through you, wisdom comes through you, joy comes through a relationship with you. And I pray that this morning is a place where that is secured in our hearts and our minds and leads us into the time ahead. To you be the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let's just close in the docs all. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope it challenged, encouraged, and inspired you in your walk with our Lord Jesus Christ. To keep up with City Collective, make sure to check us out on Instagram and Facebook at City Collective Church. Have a great week.